Good morning. Good morning out there. I feel like everyone just take a deep breath. <sighs> That's it. <sighs> you know, it's all right when you exhale to make a noise, by the way. You can just go, ah, oh. you know, unless you're in a Zoom meeting, I don't know, maybe make yourself muted or something. But anyway, welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show radio to open the heart, heal the soul and awaken the consciousness aren't we busy in that right now what a world what a world benny what a world uh it seems like it's uh continuing on at a fast glorious pace it is 2021 is letting us know we will not be disappointed nope it will not be an anti you know climax or something after 2020 2021 says i'm here now <laughs> kind of what I feel like's going on like shove over to the side right because I'm in the room now right so uh anyway I like to have fun about things uh, we obviously have some uh, a lot of things that are unresolved and we're going to be going into resolving them this year last year was a year of destruction wrecking ball remodel shake it up a little bit shake, shake it up shake it up <laughs> everything's a song for me this morning and um this is the year of of building it's it's actually the year of you know what it's like if you if you're going to remodel and you just bring in the you know and then there's a big mess you know yeah and then or you remodels and you are go, always supposedly in theory supposed to be easy and simple and yet no no it never is and you kind of got to keep at it mm -hmm. um or you know 20 years later you still don't have the baseboards on you know that kind of thing so um, this year is a, a whole different energy, and I'm looking forward to it. So anyway, I'm Loretta Brown. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for 26, 27 years now. We're still around. Hallelujah. Thank you, all divine beings that love us so much. God, goddess, whatever. Um, I am uh, alive and active <laughs> on Zoom. <laughs> And uh, the great state of Washington is starting to go into opening back up again. And so we'll see how that goes. But you can make appointments with me at schedule.reikioasis.com. And I always have lots going on. Um, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., I have Sunday meditation with Loretta. And that is through a Zoom call. So you can join me from anywhere. And the idea is really just to help you have a place to come to catch your breath, to reset, to exhale. And thank you, Betty. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I can't cross my legs right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm oh. I am. Oh, well, <laughs> you can visualize your legs yes. crossed if you exactly. cannot cross them and it's very effective. It's mind body connection. But the whole idea is to get you uh, uh, kind of letting go of the last week and, and starting in, in a good way. And by the way, if you cannot be there at 11 a.m. Pacific time on uh, Sunday meditation with Loretta, you can receive a recording of the meditation. You just let me know. So easy, easy peasy, really easy, easy. And then this coming Saturday, the day after tomorrow, I have my monthly class with women called Temple of the Divine Feminine. We have been meeting monthly for years. And this is a lovely, lovely time. And it is a true temple atmosphere. Um, the ladies that join during Zoom are always refreshed and renewed. We are um, helping each other as sisters, and it's a very healing and empowering um, class. So I hope you can join us. 
we're going to be doing some special um, energy work around uh, the new moon and the full moon coming up and also entering the age of Aquarius and all of the things coming up. Um, so please schedule .reikioasis.com. And thank you to my patri patrons. I am a listener supported show. And from the bottom of my heart every week, I send you special blessings, special angel blessings. And if you want to become part of the support of this show, you can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown show and be part of that. <clears throat> so quick astrology check-in before I bring on my wonderful guest and uh, who's got sparkly energy. Who knew? <gasps> Uh-oh. I'm giving it away. Uh-oh. Hang on. Hang on, Stephanie. Hold on. <laughs> Hold your sparkle for just a moment. So we're almost halfway through January. And like I said, what a month it's proven itself to be. Um, the, we have brought those unresolved issues into this year, but the point is not to continue to suffer. Haven't we suffered enough? Yeah. Our trauma bodies are exhausted and it is time for resolution, insight, innovation, new thought, new ways of doing it. <sighs> Brush yourself off. Let the fresh breeze of the age of Aquarius come in. <sighs> it seems to be a theme this morning, just breathing. And uh, we're, we're just going to be, we're just being called to step into it, right? So that air is, is right in our face. This week, we just had our first new moon of 2021, which happened to fall in the sign of Capricorn. Uh, and that was um, the 12th or the 13th. Today is the 14th depending on your time zone. And I want to say that we have been doing so much work with Capricorn. Capricorn is a hardworking sign. And to all my Capricorn people, I love you all so much to include Benny. Happy birthday to Why, you. Why, thank you very much. Happy birthday. You, you look fabulous. Oh, you look stop. marvelous. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. And my moon's in Capricorn, so I appreciate the hard work. I think we're all kind of ready to move on into something else. And we're going to bring our Capricorn with us because we need it. Creek, right? yep, keep trudging forward. That's right. Keep it going. This new moon fell at 23 degrees of Capricorn, which was a very sensitive degree in our cosmic sky. And in fact, last year we had the Saturn-Pluto alignment at 23 degrees Capricorn in January of 2020. And... Um, now we have a new moon right there, which means it's time for new beginnings, right? It's time to do it differently. And then, like I said, because it's mixing in with the ground, uh, with the air of uh, the ground. Yeah, we're leaving that ground behind. We're going into the air uh, of Aquarius. Uh, be, be prepared for things to be different. I also want to say that the skies this year are not as uh, problematic as they were last year. But I want you to know that they are going to continue to clean and clear out anything that needs to be cleared out. So be a bit prepared for the unexpected, especially this coming week. This new moon is a grounding influence, but there's also the energy of upheaval, shock, and restlessness in the air. And we need to set intentions for building in a new way. The new moon asks us to reconnect with the earth, our ancestors, our roots, our primary intentions in our divine hearts that we brought with ourselves, and to choose to walk the path of the superior man or woman. And I don't mean in an egocentric way. I mean to choose the royal road of all that is, 
we at every given opportunity get to choose how we show up. And when we use words like superior or inferior, these are from the ancient mystical teachings and the initiations I've gone through where an inferior person will fall into to fear, greed, terror, hurting each other. But the superior person takes a look inside themselves and they reach down inside and they say, you know what, I'm better than that. We're better than that. And we know that. So that's the energy that we're in. Uh, I, I recommend that people just, like I said, I keep breathing this morning, but it's a message from my guides to all of you that in the middle of anything going on, it's always good to just take a moment, just breathe, just calm down so that you're not knocked off balance. This volatile energy, by the way, is triggered in part by the dwarf planet Eris, the goddess of discord and strife. And we love her, but we don't, right? Which it's in a very tense square to the new moon. So Uranus, Mars, and black moon Lilith are also active at this time. And so it just means that there may be some shocking news coming up very soon um, Mother Earth may be doing her thing with weather or Earth changes, right? So today, ja uh, January 14th, Uranus, the planet of awakening, has turned direct. And all planets are direct right now. That means they're all moving forward. That means the energy wants you to now set the intention of what you really want to be growing and to move forward. We have two weeks until Mercury goes retrograde on the 31st. And so these next two weeks, I just encourage everybody, just get it done. No, get her, get her done. Let's get that done. Coming up also this week, Sunday, January 17th, Jupiter, the planet of expansion, squares Uranus, the planet of change. And this will bring rebellious or combative energy, but it can also bring new insights to the surface that require swift change. When I see this type of energy, like I said, stay centered. And then on January 19th to 20th, which is going to be a inauguration day in the United States, right? The sun is entering Aquarius, kicking the Aquarian age into full gear through the coming weeks. And as I've said before, Aquarius is known to be the humanitarian um, at the same time, it, 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 it understands our intrinsic value, each one of us, but it wants to work in the collective. So it is time for us to really figure out who we are. Like, uh, maybe it's time for us to <clears throat> start to sparkle. Hoo-hoo, I'm saying it. I know, Stephanie, it's your, it's your bomb, but I'm saying it. I can't wait to have my uh, guest on the show. I did talk a lot, but I feel like it's important to know what's going on this week. Be prepared. So I can think of no better time to have Stephanie James on my show. Um, she has certainly faced her own life challenges and she's accepted the call of her heart to do this amazing work that she's doing with everybody on planet earth. I think it's her heart call. I think it's her heart song. I think it's her passion. And um, as Stephanie is a transformational life coach, a dynamic public speaker, we'll put her to the test in a moment a psychotherapist and the author of The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. Woo! And she is a filmmaker with a soon to be released film, When Sparks Ignite. And she has a personal mission to bring as much love and healing to the world as possible. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Oh, I can hear the angels singing. 
I'm showing my YouTubers your book already. Isn't that lovely? What a lovely book. Oh, thank yeah. you so much, Loretta. It's so awesome to be here with you. Yeah. So you're sparkly, girl. You're a sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Did you always sparkle? You know, I have to say that that really, like the, the essence of me, which, which to me really is the spark, that was who I was as a little girl. It's who I've always been. I think through hard times in my life that got covered up sometimes. But I have to tell you, like one of my earliest memories is being four years old. And my mom and I talk about this all the time and walking into preschool academy, which was the little preschool that I attended, and all of the kids would line up on the porch in the morning waiting for when I walked in. And I have these awesome memories of walking in and we're all jumping up and down and like, yay! And so it's so fun. I mean, and so even though I feel like that spark that's been me, it's, it's been there my whole life. There were times I really had to excavate it. Um, but it's very cool now at, you know, 53 years old to feel like I have it back. You know, and I'm living so much in that little girl exuberant spark that is me. I, I think that's a really good point. I'm so glad you said that. And um, I, because I want to encourage people this morning, and I know you do too, which is sometimes no matter what it is that goes on around us might seem like it's burying us or like, you know, like I was asking you, like, like you are sparkly because I can see your energy, right? I cheat. But, you, you know, to be able to find your way through I don't know, the dark night of the soul or the, 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 whatever it is, but to know that within you, you still had that light and that sparkle. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, I think the Sufis say that wind can't blow it out. Fire can't burn it out of us. Water can't drown it. And to me, it is, it's like, it does get covered up, but we can do that work because it is always burning there. You know, it's kind of like, we just have to lift the veils and it's always right there. It's always, it's really the essence of who we are and who we were, who we were born to be and express in this life. You know, we have such, we have been through such a tough year, right? And I am, I'm just really listening um, to what you're saying and I'm, I'm sensitive to my listening audience. Um, you know, what, what do you want to say to someone this morning who, is, you know, dragging in, listening to the show, drinking their coffee, going, yeah, spark. Yeah. So what, what is the spark? And, and this is a big question because we'll unwrap it. How do we, how do we find it? How do we get it back up? How do we pump it up? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I do believe the spark is that essence in us. I truly believe that it is that life force that is inherent in each one of us. And yes, gosh, given the year that we've just been through, I think of my transformational coaching clients, I think of my psychotherapy clients and my own life and the lives of my friends and family, it has been rough. It doesn't mean though that that spark goes away. Oftentimes we're just so distracted with circumstances, with the challenges in our life. And so I would say, Loretta, one of the first things to recapturing that spark is to just stop and to go within. You know, when, when we pause, number one, and, and you so beautifully were doing it this morning with just being in touch with our breath, 
how often do we stop and just feel into that place within us? You know, it's like we can do some of that breathing just into our heart center. And as we quiet our minds and feel into that place, it's, it's there. And we can start to get that sensation, that tingling. And I think too, one of the important things that this time in the world has shown us, we have been forced to go within so many of us, right? We haven't been able to leave our homes. And so the important piece of while we have what is actually an opportunity, we, we can look at it more positively. This is also, it's yes, challenging and difficult. And it's an opportunity for us to do some of this inner work. And so a lot of what I talk to people about in finding that spark is truly learning how to befriend themselves. And, you know, that, that goes beyond this. You know, we, we always hear that saying, oh, just love yourself, you know, be your own best friend. And, you know, I always think about in 30 years of being in the mental health and personal development field, I know it's tougher than that. It's harder than that to just flip the switch and love yourself. So what we have to do is we have to start creating a relationship with us. It's a friendship. It's literally, that's why I call it befriending ourselves. And I think that comes through making ourselves, number one, a priority in our own lives. And lots of times people hear that and they think, well, that sounds selfish. And yet it's not. It's one of the greatest gifts you can give to other people is giving yourself the gift of what is it that will start for me? Mine is all Loretta about the morning routine. Mm. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, how do I start mm -hmm. my morning? Right. I just got out right now of a meditation group that I'm leading on Thursday mornings. And I, that's how I love to start my morning. I like to exercise. I like to do meditation and then be in a place of gratitude. And here's the thing with befriending yourself. When you show up for yourself every morning or you make a commitment, like this is something new I want to bring into my life. I'm going to start carving out this little bit of time for myself. Every time you show up for you, what you're doing is you're gaining trust with yourself. You're kind of telling yourself, I've got you. I've got your back. I'm going to show up for you. And so what, what's really cool is when you think about it, if you were meeting someone new, you wouldn't say, oh, you know, after a few conversations or deciding you're going to be friends, I totally trust you. I'm going to tell you my deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets. And by the way, if you'd start picking my kids up from school, that'd be great. You know, we, we don't do that. It takes time to cultivate that relationship. And the same is true for us. So it's really saying, wow, I'm going to honor me. I'm going to honor the light that is in me. And I'm going to start growing this relationship so we can start becoming clearer conduits for that love and energy, that spark to come through. And then that really does become the gift we give to other people. So I'm hearing you say a couple of things in there that um, I think are really great. Um, number one is go within, right? And I think we spend a lot of time looking outside of ourselves or looking to other people to define us or to tell us how to be, right? Yeah. And sometimes when people are quote unquote lost, I'll just use the word lost or, or, or ungrounded or floating, right? Is the way I kind of look at it. Um, they will run around and ask, you know, 10 friends, what do you think about this, right? So when you say go within, can you talk a little bit more about that? And, and also this idea of befriending the self, 
you know, and I, I realize I've probably have 10 questions in my question because this is really rich information. Um, but when, when we are first showing up for ourselves and we have not done it, mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about that, um, that path of trust of self with the self. So yeah. I'm not sure which question to answer first, Loretta. Anyway, <laughs> any way you want. I'm not logical. <laughs> well, I, I'll start with the, with, with the going within. And, and for me personally, it's, it's really when I'm in that place in my heart, that's my connection with the divine. And people have all different kinds of names for that source, the universe, the higher power, whatever that is. Some people call even our essence, the God spark. So to me, it is such an important practice to be connected to me. I, I go like this because I always feel like there's this channel, right? And, the, and that the energy comes right through. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's the essential piece for me of the going within. It's shutting down exactly what you said. We are so distracted by everything around us. And we have these external programs for happiness. Like if I just have the new car or if I'm just super fit or if I just have the right relationship, then I'll be happy. And the truth is where that emanates is from right here and within. And when you really are able to actualize that place that's like, wow, no matter what's going on in my outer circumstances, I am completely connected with the divine and I am a beloved of the divine. You know, those those are things that that just start changing how you perceive yourself in the world. So to be in touch with with that love. And the second the second part of your question, which is around how do we befriend ourselves when we're not used to doing that? And I think that there's lots of portals into that. And I, I'll just share with you, Loretta, you know, the, the truth is when I was 13 years old, I went from having this very truly just amazing childhood very loving parents. Um, They were both professionals. My dad was a professor. My mom owned her own business, very loving family. And it was literally in one night, everything exploded. Um, My parents were always very affectionate, loving. We, We went on vacation. I mean, everything that would make a happy childhood. And yet there was secrets going on underneath and it all exploded one night uh, when my dad told my mother he was having an affair with my best friend's mom. Mm -hmm. And so it all kind of came to this head. And my mother, who had been married for 18 years to my father, you know, that this was this huge, my family just fell apart. And I think it's important to share this because what was once this very stable, beautiful childhood, all of a sudden I had a dad and soon to have a stepmom that I went from being my daddy's little girl you know, daddy's little princess to really not, not being able to have a relationship with my dad in the same way anymore. That wasn't allowed. So I wasn't allowed to be alone with my dad. I wasn't allowed to talk with him alone. Um, So that really changed for the rest of my life. And my mother at the time, and she's one of my dearest friends, I just adore her, became, you know, unstable. And so I moved in with my dad and these people that were just saying, you know, the way your dad loved you wasn't okay. And a lot of withdraw. And at 16, when I moved back in with my mom, my father didn't speak to me for a year. So that setup is really important to say what I internalized at that time is I'm not lovable. Mm -hmm. There must be something really wrong with me for my father to reject me. Mm -hmm. And so I I, want to share this because 
the spark and this, you know, the, the concept of befriending yourself doesn't just come out of, oh, my life's been so easy. And so I've always been my best friend. I, I literally went through 10 years, a decade of a lot of self-loathing, thinking I must be a horrible person. And even though I had beautiful moments within those 10 years, there was this underlying just well or ocean of sadness. And so we have to learn how to scoop that out yeah. um, little by little. And, and there were moments where I remember reading Leo Biscaglia's book on love at 19. And I started opening up this concept of like, wow, we are love. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I was blessed to have friends that were actually older than me. They were actually close, closer to my parents' age, but they opened me up at a young age at 20 years old, like transfiguration with Leonard Orr and rebirthing with Sandra Ray and all these beautiful ways of thinking differently, thinking beyond it's just circumstance. So I think one of the essential things for me in, in befriending myself was one, one of the things that has always helped is when I stopped and I've worked on this throughout my life. So I'm not saying it was a light switch decision, <laughs> right. um, but it's, it's when we stop comparing ourselves to other people and thinking we have to be on their journey, that it's actually in our uniqueness where we can find some of these beautiful gifts of who we are. And truly, I have to tell you, a lot of it is one of the ways we befriend ourselves is allowing ourselves to be that child essence that we also are. You know, in, in therapy, we talk about really getting in touch with the inner child, but it's also just, it's that part of us that's so alive and lit up and curious about the world. To be in touch with that piece, it's like befriending that little inner child. Sometimes that's easier to do than just befriending our adult self right at this moment. We can go back and like hold that little child and we can tell it the things that it needs to hear and we can befriend it. So, you know, one of, one of the things I have to share with you too that I just thought about was before I wrote The Spark, one of my first books I thought of this title I was gonna write was this whole theory I had, which I called the lollipop theory. <laughs> and, and so what it was, was, you know, when we were little and we just loved lollipops and we didn't care who saw, the bigger the lollipop, the better. You know, we would just enjoy it and we were happy, it made us joyful. And then we get to a certain point where like we're in junior high or high school and maybe even a little bit of college and we're like, we're too cool for lollipops. We feel like we have to act a certain <laughs> way and have a certain persona. And then when we finally mature enough, when we finally get it, we're like, I can have a lollipop whenever I want, that it's a choice. And if I want to embrace that part of myself, I can do that. I can choose to do that. And so I loved that theory and thinking, yeah, that's what we can do right now. We can befriend that little part of ourself that loved lollipops, that was just that essence, truly, that, that's easy to love and easy to befriend. Yeah, wonderful. So many good points in there. Um, and we're going to take a station break. And uh, Mr. Benny Mathers, the master of all that is, is going to take us out and bring us back in. <laughs> And um, don't go away because this is Loretta Brown. My guest today is Stephanie James. Uh, the Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about how to live your best life. That's it. 
That's what it's about. Woo-hoo! Woo! Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Five things you need to know about measles in 30 seconds. The vaccine was developed in 1963, and measles became rare in the U.S. But low vaccination rates are now causing outbreaks that may put you at risk. Measles is highly contagious and spreads easily when an infected person breathes or coughs. Measles can have serious complications and can be deadly. It's also easy to prevent with a vaccine that's safe and effective. Please make sure you and your loved ones are vaccinated. Learn more at nfid.org measles. Alternative Talk 1150 is your sports organization's safe bet when it comes to airing your team's games. Our players are all seasoned professionals when it comes to sports programming. Imagine your games being heard on local radio. Your team deserves the MVP treatment. Call 425-653-1150 today to learn how affordable and fun it is to broadcast your games on the radio. Call 425-653-1150 and make your next season something special. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk 1150, uplift your day. Woo, Betty, you've done it again. That was perfect. It's all about the sparkle. (laughs) It's all about the sparkle today, everybody. And uh, welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show. I am the original Loretta Brown. There are imposters. Don't be fooled. I know. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, we are sparkling this morning. You can find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com and, of course, the KKNW 1150 archives and the podcasts and their YouTubes, and they're all over the place. My guest today, Stephanie James, The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. And we are talking about the sparkle, and I think this is so vitally important, Stephanie. I'm glad you wrote your book, and, and you're out there with an entire movement behind it. During the break, we were touching a little bit on the fact that um, my guys were kind of saying, you know, kind of bring out the point that the spark is somehow tied in with joy or um, some sort of, of um, inner, uh, it, it's an inner radiance or a connection with, and, and you even said it, Stephanie, you, you alluded to it, that it's about living our best life, our best life, not me trying to live your life, but me trying to live my life so how do we activate the spark when we're in blandville right yeah or we're depressed or we're just worn out or broken down right because you talked about uh, befriending yourself so how do we do that how do we reinvent ourselves what is a little something you can tell us yeah i think you know, going with what I said earlier, I, I think as you start to make commitments to taking care of yourself, and even if it's just 10 minutes, you start with 10 minutes and you show up for yourself. I wanted to almost grab my calendar to show you um, because what I do on my calendar, every day I show up for myself, instead of crossing out the day, I put a heart. And so I love holding up my calendar at the end of the week and the end of the month. And it's like, 
full of hearts. You know, it's such an awesome way to keep track and it's a great visual reminder. And yet we're doing something that really is so good for us. And, and here's the thing, we know some things by research that the first thing in the morning, and the last thing at night are when we're in theta brainwave state. And that's when our brain is most susceptible to input. And that's what I would invite people to really think about is what is the first thing you can do in the morning? And oftentimes I've had clients just do like a really quick little five minute journal to get themselves into a certain mind state. And it's very, very simple. The first thing is write down three things. That's all you have to do. If the only three things you have that you're grateful for are I'm grateful for a warm bed. I'm grateful I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful for this warm cup of coffee. You know, every day I have this big picture window right in front of me and I open up the curtains and it floods the house with light. I am always grateful for that. It just, it's something that it just brings me so much pleasure in my day. So these don't have to be grand things. Um, and for, so the five minute journal too is also priming your mind. The second question would be, what are three things that would make today really great? And it doesn't, again, have to be, oh, you know, I win $5,000 or, you know, the pandemic's over, which of course would be great. It's also though, what is within my power? For me, one thing that would make today really great is if I carve out time to go outside into the sunshine, even though it's cold out and take a walk with my dog and make sure that I'm noticing the sky, that I'm listening for the birds, that makes my day really great. And then the last part of that five minute journal in the morning is writing down, you know, I just do as many as I can think of, but affirmations. And the difference with just stating affirmations, I mean, I say them out loud and I encourage people to say them out loud. Also put a hand on your heart and feel into them. Say them slow enough that you're saying, you know, I am a wonderful person on this earth. I am someone who's committed to putting this love and healing on the earth. And I'm so thankful that I am able to speak to amazing people like Loretta. So, you know, it's, it's those kind of things that are going to prime our mind. And then, so I call it, like I said, bookends to your day, the last part of your day, the last five minutes before you go to sleep, it's important what you're putting in your mind. You don't want to be listening to the news. You don't want to be on your phone. You know, any of these things that are going to bring up negativity because you're going to be marinating subconsciously on whatever that is for the next seven, eight, nine hours. So one of the things that, that I love is a girlfriend of mine gave me this, this gorgeous orange rock from the creek in front of her house in Arkansas. And orange is one of my favorite colors. So it's, it fits perfectly in my hand. And you can put these things right by your nightstand so you remember like that's your cue. It's like a memory. Oh yeah, I need to do this tonight. And there's also wonderful muscle memory by holding it in the palms of your hand. And then at the end of the day saying to yourself, what was the best part of today? And recalling it in your mind and bringing up every sense that was connected to it. What did it smell like? What did it look like? What did you hear? Because the cool thing about our brains is that whatever we hold up in our mind, it experiences is happening now. And we have an emotional response. And that's why we can worry about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in the future? It's not happening now, but we're having the anxiety as if it is. Right. Right. And same thing with the past. When we're thinking about the past, we can have all these regrets and have sorrow. 
None of it's happening now. It's over. It's gone. Again, we're experiencing it as now. So the positive, wonderful thing about this is we can hold up in our minds that this is something I want to be thinking about. This is the best part of my day. Now, this is awesome for two reasons. One is that remote recall tells our brain that has a natural negativity bias and usually just notices the negative because it's trying to keep us safe. It, it doesn't hold on to really positive things as easily. So it's, it's, if you think of it, I like to think of it as um, negativity is like Velcro in the brain, negative experiences. <laughs> the brain's like, oh, if I touch that hot stove, I'm going to remember that. I don't have to do that twice. And things that are positive experiences, they're like fried eggs on a Teflon pan. They just slide right off. Okay, the brain isn't thinking, oh, I need that to make sure we survive. So one of the ways that we can grow what I call stickability of these positive experiences is doing an exercise this where we hold something like this in our mind and we're marinating on those good feelings and we're bringing up the senses connected to them. And then what we're doing is telling our mind, this is important, pay attention. And the same thing when you're writing those things down as we write things down, you know, that's why we took notes in college. We wanted to get it to stick. So that's what's gonna help it. And I think these simple acts of showing up for yourself in the bookends of your day, that does, you start again to rely on yourself. Like I am taking care of me. I'm showing up for me. Yeah. And it really does start to change how you feel about yourself. Again, these don't have to be like these huge miracles are happening in our life in order to start feeling joy. Um, I think there are these simple exercises that can start opening that up. Um, I love everything you said so, so much. Like, yes, yes, yes. Because there's a couple of things. Um, many people, you know, will say to me, Loretta, I am so busy. You know, I'm at home. I'm Zooming at home. I'm taking care of the kids at home. And I'm going absolutely crazy. And I don't have time you know, to do meditation or yoga or whatnot. And, and I'm here to just sort of reiterate what you said, just pull it out a little bit. I love this idea of a rock or a crystal or something. And you know what? It just gives you the perfect excuse to say, I'm sorry, I have to go hold my rock now and, uh, and, and go away, right? Yeah. And then the turning inward again to really be present with what you're doing and I loved what you said, marinate in it, marinate in the beautiful feelings of that. You also very beautifully brought out that in order to change this, right, because we've got that internal beat yourself up thing going on, mm -hmm. that you, you just are like, no, I'm going to take a calendar. And when I show up, I give myself a heart, right? Yeah. So lovely, lovely ideas. End of the day, beginning of the day, absolutely of paramount importance to just take those few moments and set it for you. So um, it just changes your life. It just literally changes your life. Um, I don't remember who it was that said this, and you might know, um, uh, probably one of the meditation teachers is like, if you think that you don't have time to meditate, you need to take an hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we, we all know the mind-body connection. And so if we can calm down, now all of a sudden our perception of time and how we get things done, I think, changes. So it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things that you're saying. 
Um, I want to I want to point something out to to listeners because I think they should just go get your book now. Um, this book is beautifully written. That uh, uh, Stephanie is organized. You know, she does it in a way that's very inter- interesting and easy to follow. She'll have a chapter. She will give you exercises on what to do. She'll synopse what she wrote. So it's really, really a great thing and um, will help you. It just helps get you going. In your book, you talk about so many wonderful things, but I want to bring this one up. Um, You have a book on revving up relationships. And I know a lot of my clients are struggling with relationships, especially with the confinement, right? You know, suddenly we have discovered... We're not getting along as good as we thought we were. But can you talk about the art of the apology? Mm. And what is it? This is like super important. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, thank you for that question, because I think it is so essential and you're exactly right. I mean, I'm hearing that so much. I do a lot of couples therapy. And so this has also, right, been an opportunity for people to really learn How do we communicate? How do we get along? How are we connected? And how can we do this in a better or different way? So when we do mess up, when we do, because even when we don't intend to, oftentimes we can hurt our partners through behavior, through words. And so this is an important piece. There really is an art to how we say, I'm sorry. So instead of oftentimes when someone, when we mess up, we might say, oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way, which is not taking responsibility for it. Or we might say, well, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, but you were really being grouchy to me. Okay, so again, we're not owning it then at all. And there's no apology made. That's a false apology, truly. So the art of apology looks very different. So Loretta, I'm gonna use you as an example as if I had hurt your feelings. I want you to really feel the difference between if I say to you, yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way, Loretta. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to talk mean to you. Okay, that's one way, okay. Yeah, that didn't work by the way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I didn't think that it would. Just saying. Yeah, there's not a lot of, uh, yeah. Uh, reverberation of, you know, anything authentic going on there. And the difference when I say to you, wow, Loretta, I'm really hearing that the words that I said to you, they really landed in a way where it hurt your heart. It hurt your feelings. And, you know, I absolutely get that I wasn't being conscious at that moment. And I, I totally own that my words hurt you. And I am deeply sorry. And you know what? I'm really going to work on being more conscious so that when those kind of conversations come up, I'm more tuned in. So I'm not saying those kind of hurtful things to you. How does that stand? That that worked. Yeah, Yeah, that totally worked. Uh, Much, much better. And like you say, showing up. And you you also brought out communication because I think communication is the most important thing. Uh, between couples and people Um, when people are when couples are really how do I say this they're really at each other right Um, you know because I'm I'm thinking you you even have this illustration in your book but it's a reality where we have one person who's sort of blowing up and the other person is trying to retreat 
how can they come back together? And I'm talking about this in the context of it's not just a one-time event. It's, it's a pattern now. Yes. Yeah. You know, and in my book, I talk about it's actually Harville Hendrick's model of the hailstorm and the turtle. And so usually in relationships, one person is the hailstorm and that's the person that's like, we got to talk about it right now. And I'm upset and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about it. Come on, talk to me. And they'll follow them around the house. And the other person is usually the turtle. If you've got two people that are, that are thunderstorms, it won't last. Two people that are turtles that retreat, it won't last. So usually people that end up together, there really is one person's a little more the, the hailstorm and the other person's a little more the turtle. And the turtle withdraws and they just keep going deeper and deeper in their shell. And the, the irony is that the hailstorm thinks if I just keep hailing on this yes. turtle, they're going to come out. <laughs> and, and they're not, they're going to just continue to retreat. So what I tell couples, number one, is that when you are in that triggered moment and you feel activated, you know, your emotions activated, your brain's activated, you are not going to communicate well because literally, literally you are not in your right mind. You are in activated brain, which is your primitive brain, the fight or flight response or freeze. A lot of times the turtles freeze. And none of the signals are getting to your prefrontal cortex where you can actually make logical decisions, where you can really kind of piece things out and self-soothe enough to really open-heartedly communicate. So literally, if you're in this part of your mind, you are not in your right mind. So I tell people at minimum, depending on how big the activation is, take 20 minutes and just get away from each other. You can go to different rooms, you need to quit having this conversation. You know, Einstein said, you cannot solve a problem with the same mind that you got into it with. Yeah. And that is the truth. So if, if people can just do that, I have lots of clients that have signals. When, when one of them realizes like, oh, we just did it. I loved it. This has been about 10 years ago. I had clients that they would say, oh, landmine. So like we just stepped on a landmine. So we need, that was the signal that we're not abandoning one another. This isn't a green light to say, oh, I'm going to blow this off and we're never going to talk about this again. Because sometimes turtles are very avoidant and they never want to talk about it again. Right. You know, yeah. this, this is saying mm -hmm. 20 minutes to two hours before you come back again. And if you're the partner, let's say that you're mad about something that happened during the day and you want to talk to your partner about it. You don't just barge in and say, I need to talk to you about this now, or we need to talk. Because the moment that we hear that phrase, we need to talk, <laughs> somebody's in trouble, yeah. right? Someone's in trouble. And so what I really tell people to do is if you're the person wanting a conversation to work something out, that you say to your, to your, to your partner, is this a good time? Is this a good time? I would really love to connect with you right now. Because that's really the goal. The goal is connection and understanding. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, and then I, I ask the other person to grant that within 24 hours. It doesn't have to be immediate because again, it's not going to solve anything. You want your partner to show up emotionally for you. You want them to be emotionally present. So if they've had a rough day at work, they're not feeling well, it's giving each other permission to say, yeah, this isn't a good time for me. I had a really stressful day you know, love, let's talk about it after dinner. You're also bringing up um, personal responsibility for how you show up. 
because you you know how it is so many times we're like ah, you know i gotta talk about this and it's like no we're not talking about this right and it's like you've got to be personally responsible for the self which goes back into all of this work that we're talking about and also activating that internal spark there's a lot of work and maybe I should say it's play because it's joyful things. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole point, and because we, I think we could talk for four hours on the relationships alone because it's a big deal. But, but the whole idea here, here is to try to help unlock you a little bit or lead you in the direction to where you can live your best life rather than your pain-filled life or your... Um, I don't know. Sometimes people come to me and they're, they're like, I, I feel like I don't have a voice. I feel like I'm all boxed in. I feel like I'm just stuck. And I guess I'm going to let you speak. What would you say to those people? And, and what is your formula for living the best life? Yeah, I would, I would say Loretta to those people who are saying, you know, I feel stuck. I don't have my voice. One of the first things I would have them do is go through the different areas in their life do this as a journal entry or just on a notebook piece of paper. Look at the specific areas of your life, whether it's career, finances, relationships, spirituality, health and fitness, friendships. And you want to start looking at what are my limiting beliefs? We can't just jump again to the I am fantastic and life is phenomenal when we have these. And sometimes they're unconscious. So we we might really want to sit with, boy, what are the messages I heard even like as a kid? You know, I remember one of my clients, particularly around money, all the conditioning of his childhood was money's the root of all evil, rich people are crooks, you know, people that are rich are unhappy. And so this person, even though they were wealthy, they couldn't enjoy it because there was this underlying thing that I'm not supposed to. Yeah. You know, so I think that would be my first step is having people start identifying what are the limiting beliefs and then going into then, okay, yes, that's one column. And then what do I want to believe? What would I really like to believe? And then setting it up, I actually tell people set it up as affirmation statements that have action steps underneath them. So like if, if for health and fitness, if what my goal is, is I'm, I'm truly healthy and fit, then I'm going to follow that up with the action steps, which is I make nutritional food choices daily and I exercise 20 minutes a day. And you say these out loud. Once you get this list, I have people start saying this out loud to themselves every morning. And again, marinating on what that feels like to have that end affirmation with the action steps in place. And what's so cool, Loretta, is that within 21 to 30 days of saying this stuff out loud, our mind starts to automate it. It becomes habitual thinking so that if you start to reach, in in my example, like for a Twinkie, but you've been telling yourself for 30 days, I make nutritional food choices. You're saying it out loud. You're feeling it. There's something called cognitive dissonance that happens. And that's when it's like, wait a minute, that action doesn't fit with my image of myself. And it will cause us to pause. And it really is a behavior changer. And so again, it's like, these are little ways we start building trust with ourselves. These are ways that we start befriending ourselves and saying, wow, if, if what's important to me is to have a voice, I'm going to practice having that voice with myself first. That's great. I think that's so great. Um, we have 
just like three minutes or something. I cannot believe that's where we're at. Um, if you had to share a story from your life that illustrate what it means to live a spark-filled life, what would that be? Uh-huh. Wow, a story. Gosh. In, in one minute or less. In one minute or less. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, honestly, what I, what I can tell you is what, one of the joy-filled parts of my life truly, though, is like we were talking about during the break is the ability to play. And I feel like I just want to invite people to do that. And maybe you play by going into nature. Maybe you play by like what we were talking about, Loretta. I have a trampoline in my backyard and I love jumping on the trampoline. I love jumping on the trampoline with my dog. I have just found in my life when I just allow those moments, I have a house that is like all the hallways connect in a perfect circle. So when my grandsons are over, we will run around and play these ridiculous games where we're literally playing tag and just running and laughing the entire time. You know, these are not high price tag items or things we have to go to Hawaii to experience. You know, to really let people know the spark is within us and it just is opening up to it. It's accessible to all of us, no matter what circumstances we've been through, no matter what we face, it's, it's right there. So to step into that place of play, step into that place of delight. And literally, my, I think the last thing I would ask people to do is write down the things, the simple things that bring you pleasure. It might be a taste or a smell or even the touch of something, something you hear, like the wind and the leaves or the birds, and let yourself focus on those things each and every day. As we pay attention to things, you know, it's that principle in physics, what we focus on expands, it gets bigger. So focus on these things that bring you joy, that bring you pleasure. And then you'll start to see these sparks within you really ignite. I love it. So my guest today, Stephanie James, her book, The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. Very quick in 30 seconds. How do they find you? How do they find your book? And last comment. Yes. So my website is stephaniejames.world. And you can sign up for one of my spark groups at stephaniethespark.as.me. And I also have a podcast as well. So Stephanie uh, is called actually The Spark with Stephanie James. And that's, um, you can find those anywhere that you get your podcasts. When is your film coming out? Hopefully soon. We are, we just got done with post-production. And so uh, my co-producer Doug Beachwood and I are doing the trailer this weekend. And then we're going to be looking at distribution to Netflix, Amazon, or Gaia. So yeah, I did love to cover it when it comes out. Anyway, thank oh, you so thank much. You. It's been lovely. I feel sparkly. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> and get it. The spark igniting your best life. It's time to do it. Stephanie James. I'm Loretta Brown. And don't worry about a thing. All right. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Much love to you. Much love.